welcome to the Pirate Parent Podcast. Howdy, 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 everybody. This is Ben with my best friend, Jerry. And that would be my favorite ice cream. Oh. Did I get that right? Well, <laughs> yes, you did okay. get it right. However, I was thinking Ben and Jerry, um, are, wasn't that a cartoon also? Ben and Jerry. Uh, yes, it was. But I'm trying to remember what the characters. In the, the 70s. <laughs> it was. Who, who were Ben and Jerry? I'm mouse and the Cat. The Mouse and the Cat. Which one was which though? Was Jerry the I don't mouse? Know. I feel like are you making this up? Maybe <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Oh, that shoot. was it. <laughs> Darn. All right, well, let's talk about ice cream then. Yes. So, what's your favorite flavor for Ben and Jerry ice cream? Ooh. To be honest, I don't eat it a lot because I feel like one spoon is about 200 calories when it comes to Ben and Jerry's. But I because it's so delicious. It is. It's amazing. Um, but I like butter pecan ice oh. cream. That's my favorite. It's this time of year, I think. So you know, I if I was really giving you a hard time, I would say like. You and my grandma have the same flavor of Do ice we? cream favorites. Aww. I like that. I think that's very nice that you like butter pecan. I do. It's a traditional, good tasting ice cream this time of year. I'm surprised you didn't pick vanilla. No. Why would I pick vanilla? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think butter pecan's the next vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So like moose tracks. No, you that? no, no. I don't like that. No, too no, much candy. Too much stuff in it. Yeah. It throws you for a loop. It does. I like it simple. What about you? Uh, I don't eat uh, any Ben & Jerry's ice cream. I'm not what? an ice cream person. What if you had to eat ice cream? What would you choose? Oh, I would pick peanut butter and chocolate. No. Oh, okay. But I don't even know if Ben & Jerry's has that because I Maybe don't eat like ice cream. Maybe like a Reese's cream. flavor? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, – I should do some research on that since I brought it up, <laughs> but – Tom and Jerry, Ben & Jerry's. Dang. Damn, I thought I was doing good there. I do like Ben and Jerry's though. Yeah. Probably better than the cartoon. And I like Tom and Jerry. So there you go. Hmm. All right. Sweet. You know who we have in our, our studio today? We have two very special um, people in our studio today. We have Laura Hewlett, who is our director of communications for the Platte County School District. And we also have Jen Wilson, who is our PTA president for both Compass and Seacrest. These are two dynamic women who have um, great organization and spirit for Platte County. If I am looking for somebody who knows how to really celebrate being a pirate, I would say Laura Hewlett is the biggest cheerleader. Um, if I'm thinking about a parent who is all in for um, helping support our elementary schools, I would say Jen Wilson. So I think we brought the right people in. We're going to be talking about fundraising today. And fundraising is one of those things that either gets the hair up on the back of your neck because it, like, you know, maybe doesn't make you so happy. Or if you're a seven-year-old, it means you're going to win some trinkety prizes. That you are super excited about. And parents love those yes. prizes. Yes. All I the think. sticky slime that comes home. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's great. Um, and... As teachers, fundraising feels like another thing on the plate, but in the long run really helps support our classroom. So we know it's a necessary evil, so to speak, in public education um, because so many of the things that our kids get to enjoy are outside of the classroom day sometimes, outside of the classroom on field trips. Some of those things that um, are not necessarily funded by our typical funding structure. So we appreciate the the information that they're going to share with us today. Um, also, I want to say 
Matt and Brits is our is our visiting podcaster, our VP again, and he did such a good job last time. He's been sick for a couple of days, and he I think was a little worried he wasn't going to make it today. But not only did he make it to our yeah. um, he podcast, showed he showed up, and not only did and he showed show, us up, uh, yeah, <laughs> and. Not to set any sort of precedence, but he did bring gifts. For every single person around this table. And gifts that were themed to go with his questions. It's impressive. I mean, that is not the expectation. No. So because we do have other kids who are applying to be uh, visiting <laughs> podcasters, I don't want there no. to be any pressure. But please check out our Twitter, um, Facebook, and Twitter feeds because it will show you the gift that he brought everybody. And he is just so delightful. I love that child. It's time for our Pirate Pride moment, everyone. Callie, you want to start us off? I would be happy to start us off. So we just finished our homecoming week last week in Platte County. And one of my favorite moments is our homecoming parade that we have. Um, we love to set up our chairs right outside of Seacrest and watch as our students, so many of our students are in the parade, um, so many community members, staff members, and just being able to see um, how excited they are to be able to go through the community, get cheered on by everyone. So many different businesses are a part of it also. And I just love this tradition. So I think that was my, my pirate pride moment for this week. And I'm going to piggyback on what you said. And, you know, when I'm talking to people about our community and why they would want to move here, you know, um, looking to move into Platte City. It's great to be able to tell them about the sense of community that we have and how it's it doesn't just end when school gets out. Everybody was at the parade. My kids were so excited to see their teachers, administrators. I mean, the entire community came out and it has that small town feel that's authentic, that, that can't be duplicated. So it, it makes me proud to be part of the community. I'm going to piggyback off of the community again and change what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> you've inspired me. And I just remembered a story um, that I heard in our district office. Um, after we open up our treasure chest resource center every Wednesday evening from 530 to 730, <clears throat> um, one of my coworkers came back and shared a story of a little girl in our district who came that evening and received not one, but two coats. And the one coat, one of the coats was like the coat that she really, really wanted, um, gave her the look that she wanted. She said she looked like some singer that she um, admires. So um, I'm just proud of our community for um, supporting our students who have some greater needs um, by donating to the treasure chest, those um, gently or new um, clothing, clothing that they might need, and then all of the... Um, um, non-perishable goods and um, hygiene products um, for them to access. So we have so much support for this treasure chest resource center that we started a few years ago, and it's just built and built. And another reason why we're proud um, of this community. I would agree. The, the help that, that that resource provides to everyone, um, people who are just in need for the moment and people who are in need for a longer period of time, everyone's welcome. And that is a, a beautiful feeling when you're surrounded by people who um, are willing to extend a hand because um, we all need help at some point. And um, it, I think it's great. Yeah. My Pirate Pride moment um, this week comes from our PLC time. So I know our community knows that we release two hours early about once a month. Earlier in the year, we have a couple extras, but 
over the year, we have nine early release days. And those early release days are days for our teachers to collaborate with each other, uh, professionals to come together and learn more about things that are pressing issues. And I sat in on a cohort discussion, which is um, where we have a group of people together. They happen to be vertical teams. So we have somebody from each grade level and specials in there. And they had the, the most wonderful discussion about how to motivate students and how to make connections with them, um, find things that could be considered a weakness of strength. Um, and, and they shared ideas and they shared inspiration. And I felt a, a tremendous amount of energy from that. And those are the types of things that inspire us to have um, the connections we have with our kids. And I'm thankful that I work with people who are reflective and want to spend time learning and growing because that gives us what we need to be good at our jobs. So I'm thankful for those conversations during our PLC. We are super excited to welcome back our visiting student podcaster, Mr. Madden Britz. How are you this morning, Madden? Good. Great to see you here. We're excited to have you to um, talk to some of our guests today and to ask some great questions that you've created. Um, I know you're going to be back and make us all look like amateurs once again, but I'm super excited to have you back and, and to share your, your great insights with our audience today. All right. So do you have your questions ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and start with your first question? If you had to pick one, which one would you pick? Comfy or fancy? Okay. Laura, do you want to take that one? Well, my um, my family would say you would always go wishy-washy. You would never pick one over the other. So I'm, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to say fancy because you've always got to be on point and give your best effort no matter what. Okay. True. I have to tell you, I'm going to be wishy-washy. I like a very fancy comfy because I always have to have a fancy handbag. You look and fancy comfy today. I am, I am fancy comfy today. Madden, do you think I'm fancy comfy today? Yeah. Yes. I would say that's, that's my look. Fancy comfy. And I would pick fancy. Probably fancy too, because most of my fancy clothes are comfy. So yeah. Well, you look nice today. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Have you ever played video games? For sure, I played lots of video games. Video games like way before you're born that your parents would know. Like Like Doctor Mario. Yes, I love it. I'm very good at Mario Kart. I can still be. What character were you in Mario Kart? And all of them. I really like Ooh. Yoshi, though. Oh, see, I was Toad. I like Toad. Toad <laughs> could always go super fast. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I like a, a lot of video games, just like old school video games. I don't play a lot of video games, but I like them. And when I'm able to get the controller, I don't do very good. And I, like, move my hands with the controller. <clears throat> and Same. it doesn't help. <laughs> but I, I'm really, really, really good at Tetris. That was my favorite. Oh, and yeah. I love Just Dance. I love doing that with my daughter, London. Okay. So thank you for answering my question. And I am pretty bad at video games, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Pepsi or Coke? The worldwide question. <laughs> it is a worldwide question. <laughs> I'm a Pepsi girl. And oh, living in a Coke world, I think, because there's no Pepsi at my office. There's only Coke and Diet Coke. Mm. 
Same Pepsi for life. <laughs> Yay, Look at Madden, that. Team Pepsi. As you can see, life. they're giving each other thumbs I up right it. now. <laughs> I'm a Coke Zero girl. I really like it. Mm. Super good. I'm a Dr. Pepper girl. Oh, Dr. Pepper's good too. Yeah. Yep. True. But if I had to choose anything, it'd be water over all of those. Mm. Same here. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Propellant most. Oh, propel. Okay. <laughs> Fancy water. I was going to say. So. The last two questions. What what was what was your favorite part of school? I loved to do anything creative. Um, loved to sing. Choir was my favorite subject. Um, but I also liked math too. I I liked everything, pretty much, but science. <laughs> well, when I was in elementary school, my favorite part of school was for sure playing football at recess. I loved it. I still play football with my boys or kickball or anything. I used to wear a dress and then have shorts underneath. So I could always be ready for a game. Um, and then when I got older, I did like to do the musicals and singing, choir, all that kind of stuff. But my sister likes like singing musicals. She's really good. She's doing Footloose this year. Oh, um, that's, that's coming right. up in November. So, are you going to go see her? Uh, I always have to. <laughs> I bet I you're there cheering her on. <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite? Well, art. <laughs> you know what? Mad mine is, was art also. So, what do you like about art? Uh, art. <laughs> Just like being able to create different projects. Yes. That's always fun. You're so creative, too. All right. What is your last question, Madden? What is the f- what is your favorite part of our school district? Well, coming off of homecoming week, um, I think what makes our school district unique and very inviting is that we have a community feel and a lot of school spirit. Everybody's a pirate, and we all got our black and orange on today. Um ready to cheer on our pirates um, in every capacity, whether it be the musical or the football game or the soccer team or the swim team or the student innovation teams here at Seagrist. Um, We all support each other and we're PCR3 proud to be um, pirates. How can I follow that? I mean, that's like (laughs) everything, right? But it is. it's, It's you guys. It's the students. It's getting to be a part of things. And it's really a family feel. It's the community feel, and, and I love it. And I love to be around um, all the kids at Seagrest when I get to do something over here or at Compass. And I, I love that I get to be involved with all of it. And I like that you're letting me do this today. It's very nice of you. That's pretty special. It is. Madam, what special. is your favorite part? Well, I like all the activities we do, like all the unique things like homecoming. Yeah. And uh, the parade. Yes. And... Did you get some candy at the parade? Yes, I actually, lots of people I know are handing out candy. Oh, very nice. And <laughs> sure you loaded up? I'm pretty sure one poured their whole bag into oh, my Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought your mom was excited. <laughs> well, Madden, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your thoughtful questions. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, Laura and Jen, for being here. We're so excited to have you. Excited to be here. This is really awesome. This is something new we're doing, obviously, in our district, the podcasting, but I'm really hoping it catches on because this is supposed to be an informational opportunity for um, our parents, 
kids listen to it occasionally. Um, and I've watched our our um, following, and we actually have people in other states listening to it. So maybe they're getting some ideas from us as well, which is also good because yeah. in education, um, we should have an abundance mentality. And if we learn something, we should be sharing it and vice versa from other people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about fundraising today. It's a super awesome topic. Everybody loves to just write checks and give money to people, yes. right? They're just <laughs> lining up at the door yep. to make sure that we are funded completely and all of our exciting things. <laughs> that was some sarcasm. But uh, but at the same time, we do have um, some really great supporters of lots of different organizations, but I do think it gets confusing at times. I have lots of kids come to my door for different events. And I think sometimes people think it's for one thing and it's a, it's really for something else. So let's talk a little bit about fundraising in Platt County School District and what part it plays in education for our kids. So Jen, you're here obviously as our PTA president and uh, PTAs are not a funded organization through the district. That's a maybe new information for some of our listeners. It's not funded from the state. It is a primary source. You have to raise your money to provide stuff for kids. So talk to us a little bit about PTA. And I know it's going to be specific to Compass and, and Seagrass PTA because we do share an organization. But PTAs in general are all pretty similar. They have to raise their money or they're a PTO. You might hear that as well. Um, they all have to raise money to provide support to school. So talk to us a little bit about just PTA in general and how um, what you do for kids in our community. Sure. So our PTA is um, comprised of Compass and Seagrass students. So we are over both of the schools here in Platt City, which is nice because, you know, when you talk about community, we are able to do things together and we get a lot of great ideas. So we do meet um, on Tuesdays and a little plug for our next meeting, which is coming up this coming Tuesday at 630 at Compass. We switch off on the schools every year. So this year we're meeting at Compass and Really, our goal is to enrich student lives. We're also helping make connections between students, teachers, parents, administrators, and coming to the meetings helps everyone do that. So one of the things we do with fundraising is um, we provide the field trips for the students. We don't pick them, but we pay for them. So that's one of our main goals each year, to be able to provide those enrichment opportunities outside of the school. So there's just a slew and every single grade does something different, but each of them are tied in some way to the curriculum and that's why they're selected. But at the same time, it's such a fun thing for the students. So we are very excited to be able to raise the money to provide those. So that's always our first and foremost goal each year is to be able to raise the money for that. We also do things to um, show our staff they're appreciated. Staff appreciation is very important. Our teachers and administration and all the staff at the schools work so hard for our kids each day. So our goal, of course, is to be able to show them, even though it's just one week of the year, how appreciative we are of every single thing they're doing, every parade they come to after school hours, every PLC day where they're working so hard, all of those different things. Um, this is our way to show them that appreciation. And this year, PTA has done something each month to say, hey, you know, just a little something here, a pack of gum here, an apple there, just to say, we're thinking about you. We know you're thinking about our kids and we appreciate it. Um, we also do the back to school breakfast, which it is kind of kind of how we for teachers for teachers yes, yes. yep it, it's it's fun it's kind of how we get into the school year and the teachers are members of PTA and they show us their support that way as well so it's a great time for us to be able to let them know some things we have going on in that year and start the conversation 
Um, let's see, what other things do we do? We we have a couple fundraisers. I don't know how detailed you want me to Why don't to you get? just give us an overview of the fundraisers sure. and the timeframes that you do them? Because I think sometimes okay. that helps people plan ahead as well for how much um, investment they want to set aside. I'm a I'm a planner. My husband's laughing right now because he's like, no, she's not. <laughs> I plan to buy some stuff later on on Amazon. So there's that. Um, so, but some people do like to decide how they're going to, um, you know, how much money they want to set aside to each organization and when that money is solicited, so to speak. Yeah. So the first thing we have this year is the pirate sponsor letter. And it's a letter to be able to sponsor another student on a field trip. Some people don't like to give to certain fundraisers. And so this is a way for them to give directly to us. And um, that letter went out and you're going to be getting another one of those from your student within the next week. And those are due by October 25th. And it's a way to sponsor another student for a field trip. We also have spirit wear twice a year. And that's a way to be able to show your school spirit. And we offer that and we make a little bit of money on that. So it is somewhat of a fundraiser, but also our goal is to provide them shirts so that they can be a part of that, part of that community. And then our two bigger fundraisers would be Apex and Bingo. Now Bingo is on January 24th this year. And it's so much fun. It really is a community event. And honestly, it doesn't feel like a fundraiser. It feels like just a family night of bingo. There's some gift baskets. It was super fun. We had it at Seagrass last year. And my kids always have a great time. They forget that it's a fundraiser. And if you haven't been there for the bingo night, it is a great time. Um, again, a great family night, like you said. And kids have a wonderful time there. Parents have a wonderful time. There were grandparents there last year that had a blast. We had people as well. that at the event that actually didn't have children Correct. at either of our two schools yes. because they're big bingo lovers. And then they ended up having grandkids here the following year. And they're like, oh, this is where we came to play bingo. Yep. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Love it. It was fun. It, I had a great time. Um, and then our biggest fundraiser of the year is Apex. And talking about community, um, Pathfinder had done this before we ever even heard of it. And they had reached out and said, hey, we really like this fundraiser. And so our sense of community definitely goes beyond just the two schools here in Platte City. Um, we, you know, we talked to Pathfinder PTA and we all work as a community. So their great idea for Apex was, you know, well received by everyone in the community last year. And it was our biggest fundraiser we've ever had. So we're doing that again this year um, at the end of February and into March. And really it, it's a fundraiser where the kids run. It's kind of like a walkathon, but it's running laps. And at the same time, we also teach the students about some lessons, um, about staying together. It, it brings cohesiveness to classrooms with students and um you know, it, it's just one of those programs that you look at it and they're sending the right messages and then it lets the kids do the run together. And I know being up at the school a lot, I, I get to see how students interact and watching them interact during the run was so fun. They were cheering each other on, even kids who were getting tired for that last lap. All of their classmates were cheering them on saying like, you can do it, you can do it. And they did it. And there was that sense of accomplishment and the, and the teacher was there cheering them on. So I really enjoyed the fundraiser. While we did make a lot of money and it really helped us with our goals, it was also great to see the other effects from it other than just raising the money. And, you know, we had some parents last year. Uh, I mean, I think we ought to be transparent who said, why are we giving half of the money to Apex and half of it goes to our um, to our PTA. Well, the reality of it is, is that they actually spend a whole week here teaching 
classes in every classroom. So um, we're, it's kind of a dual fundraiser in the fact that we get money to support PTA's endeavors, but then we're also, that money that goes to them is paying for people, staff members to be here, two extra staff members to be here and talk to kids about leadership goals, talk to them about um, some of those same topics you just mentioned. So we're kind of paying for that too. So it's almost like bringing in a an event and a cultural arts experiment, so to speak, at the same time as raising funds. So that's one of the things that was, I think, important for us to share to parents is that, you know, every fundraiser, there's some administrative costs. The good news is those administrative costs are paying off in our building rather than, um, you know, someplace off campus or in a different city or someplace else, which is nice. Yeah. And we wanted to do fundraisers that, you know, we, we didn't want to do a bunch of um, you know, little tiny fundraisers mm-hmm. that parents are feeling like we're constantly saying, can I have five bucks here, five bucks here? So this year we really tried to focus on a couple big, bigger fundraisers where, like I said, pirate sponsor letter, if people want to donate, great. Um, bingo night, come bring your family. It's a fun night. But Apex is really where, if you're looking for budgeting purposes, that would be a great time to be able to put some money aside to support your student. And we're not doing things where it's door to door, selling, you know, wrapping paper, other things that, you know, we hear people don't want this, people don't want that. Um, and so this is one of those things where the money's going right back into the students, just like you said, with those lessons. And field trips cost about how much per student? Um, we budget about $10 per student. Some mm-hmm. are a little bit more and some are a little bit less. So it all ends up averaging out. Um, but but we do have to make, um, you know. About $10 per student Yeah, but, overall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, we got to budget, you know, at least 12000 Yeah dollars for the students for field trips. So it's one of those things where as long as we're planning on the front end and we're doing these fundraisers and we have the parent support, you know, we're going to be successful. The box tops program has changed this year a little bit, but we were thinking that maybe we wouldn't have good parent involvement, but it's turned out that we've had great parent involvement. That's fantastic. It's, you know, it, it does involve an app and downloading it and a lot of other steps, but parents have really stepped up and said, okay, we'll do it this way. And, um, we're doing well with it. So it's, it's the little things that sometimes add up to the big things. Cause people think, Oh, what's, what's the big deal with box tops. But even if it's just, you know, your neighbor, you may not have students say, Hey, let me scan that receipt for you. Um, those little things add up to big money that we can pour back into the schools. And usually that helps with playground equipment. It helps with um, things yes. in the classroom. Those are, those are great perks that a lot of people don't know are happening. So thank you for doing that. Yes. And I know as, you know, all of us around this table are also parents in the district as well. You know, we see the benefits as parents and as staff members of the field trip experiences that students are able to have because of this fundraising and getting to visit places that a lot of them have never been before and have great experiences. um, It's just it's awesome to see how this money comes together to support the work that we do with kids inside the classroom and then outside the classroom as well. Yeah, we couldn't do it without everyone's support, all of your guys' support in the, in the district and parents stepping up, grandparents stepping up, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers. I mean, everybody really does step up, and, and that's what makes it possible to be able to provide those opportunities. Thank you. Thank you. Laura is our district representative for fundraising. She has a very important role in making sure that our district um, events that our fundraisers are coordinated and that they are purposeful and that we aren't just going to our community on a regular basis asking for money because um, that can be tedious for for a lot of people. And so talk to us a little bit about what your role is with district-wide fundraising. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, people think I'm in charge of fundraisers and like I'm involved in all the fundraisers, but really I'm just in, involved in a way of oversight and kind of um, managing the calendar for fundraising. I do want to direct um, your listeners to a page on our website under the community channel. There's a fundraising page and I'm going to just touch on a few things that are um, pointed, out, pointed out on that page. <clears throat> so we recognize the importance of fundraising as a district. We want to be able to budget and support all of our groups and um, clubs and activities as much as possible. But sometimes those extra things like our field trips, those outside of uh, the school hours um, things or outside of the school building things, um, we do need to raise some extra funds. So we thank the PTA for all their support. Um, We try to encourage our clubs and organizations to limit their fundraisers to two per year. Um, That way that we're not... um, taxing our community um, and and seeing that a specific group is is just needing more and more and more. <clears throat> and I love when a fundraiser is more of a community-based fundraiser and not just selling items. So the Apex Fun Run is super in my in my mind. Um, I know like the dance team has a um, mother-son dance coming up in November and they do it every November and then this, in in the uh, Around uh, Valentine's Day, they do a, a yes. father-daughter daughter, yes. yes, which is awesome because it, it it ties back into to what the purpose of the organization is dancing. So they're there to dance with their mothers and sons and fathers and daughters. So um, it kind of not only supports the organization financially, but it also supports them by introducing them to the club um, or organization or activity. So maybe they might become on the dance team when they grow up and go into high school. <clears throat> Or be supporters of it. So I love it when it, it kind of makes sense, not just selling things. However, there are some of those too, and they can be very fruitful for our, our organizations. A lot of, um, especially high school groups, um, when they make um, certain uh, levels of uh, competitions, like our robotics team makes nationals or worlds, you know, you don't expect necessarily, and but you do have to budget for that. Um, so Sometimes there's fundraisers that have to come up um, and maybe de- be in addition to those two per year because they have additional needs for financial and recognition. support. I mean, something to really be able to promote them to the next level. Right. So that's good. Yep. So um, my role is to receive the uh, fundraiser uh, forms that um, sponsors fill out. And then they first um, meet with their principal or director um, to approve the fundraiser, make sure it makes sense. And then I just check to make sure that it doesn't go against any um, district policies. And then I also look at our fundraising calendar to make sure that we're not selling Yankee candles um, from this group and this other group at the same time to create confusion. Um, sometimes we have multiple cookie dough sales going on at the same time, and that kind of you know can also tax our community. <clears throat> and we just try not to have a big district-wide or big PTA-wide um, fundraiser going on at the same time. Um, so kind of space it out and just make sure that everybody's um, kind of doing their own thing rather than stepping on someone's toes. Um, so that's kind of my role. 
Great. Talk to us a little bit about the Education Foundation. Yes. Because I think that's been our most recent one for our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there have been others with sports organizations because I know I bought cookie dough and I bought cards and I bought, sometimes you forget what all you buy because you're wanting to support people and, and those things do benefit us. But talk to us a little bit about Education Foundation because I think sometimes we get people calling saying that this is a PTA yeah. event. They get confused about that. So share with us a little bit about that one. Sure. The Education Foundation is a... Um, separate organization from from the district however we're support we support the the foundation and they obviously support us <clears throat> just like the PTA um, it's considered a, an extension of our of our district and it um, they follow our same um, vision mission and values of supporting students for success so the education foundation has two primary goals it's to increase their funds so that they can award more senior scholarships every year seniors in high school seniors in high school yes not senior citizens. <laughs> I know. I thought my parents might be really excited and have, were going to ask me for an application. Hey, you know, maybe they want to go back to school and maybe we can order, award them some scholarships. That's innovative. <clears throat> um, and then the second purpose is to support um, new and innovative things in the classroom. So teachers every spring have an opportunity to uh, apply for a classroom grant. So say they got a, a really cool idea from um, collaborating on PLC Day, and they they want to um, purchase some items or some curriculum or some software that could really benefit in their classroom. <clears throat> so they you know complete this application, um, just like the uh, seniors complete their scholarship applications, and these all come in, and um, the foundation board reviews them and then awards um, as many scholarships and grants that they can. Um, in the past several years, we've awarded five to six scholarships of $1,000 each. And then um, classroom grants, I think five of $600 uh, classroom grants, and then one $1,000 um, site grant. However, last year, we awarded two $1,000 site grants. So um, we're um, getting around to buildings um, in the next couple months to see those classroom grants in action. Um, so be looking for that. Um, the major fundraiser that supports um, the Education Foundation is the Major Saver Card fundraiser. And our elementaries and middle schools do an awesome job of um, selling the Major Saver cards, which offer, I think, 15 buy one, get one free um, offers in, around our community, plus a lot of other little things like $5 off at um, Price Trapper that everybody could use in this community. Yes. <laughs> um, and... Uh, we listened to our teachers last last year. They asked if we could not do an in-person kickoff assembly. Okay, so for our listeners, when these types of fundraisers come around, the organization, so in this case, Major Saver comes, and they do an assembly to get the kids excited, and they show all the trinkety stuff that they can win, and um, it's maybe equivalent to dropping your kids off at their grandparents' house and they eat sugar all day. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it, I mean, sometimes that can be really hard for the management of the classroom when we go back. It's, um, it's, it does have, you know, we're in an assembly, so there's 600 kids. It gets a little wild at times. It can be disruptive to the school day. It can be. So, um, and then those kids sometimes don't hear what they need to hear about it. Like don't go door to door by yourself or some Mm -hmm. of those things because they're so focused on the The flying saucer that's going across the room. Right. right, (laughs) Towards somebody's head and I, I, maybe mine. Um, But so those are things that they don't hear. And so, yeah. So this year we instead asked Major Saver if they could do a video um, kickoff assembly and I, I think they did. Te- teachers, yeah. showed, teachers it showed it in, them in their, their classrooms. classrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it actually did not have a um, 
quite the negative effect that we thought we would have on the sales mm-hmm. um, this year. And this just came out, um, I think, last week. Um, the Major Saver fundraiser raised about $21,000 total. That's fantastic. With 14000 going to um, – the foundation and seven thousand going back into our schools. Yes. So, yes, thank the, you for that. The money that's um, that goes back into the schools um, is based on the number of cards that were sold um, by students in that school. So, um, that would just add to the student activity funds at each school and can support all of our students as well. Yeah. So, for for example, at Segris, that money goes back to our student activity fund, which then funds things like Step Store. Mm-hmm. Um, it funds playground equipment purchases. I heard you got a new. Um, What's that ball oh, thing? Oh, Gaga ball. Oh, Gaga yes. ball. Gaga yes. ball. Yes. That Gaga was, ball is the, yes. new, is so, the new thing. <laughs> so there are a lot of great things that those um, extra little dollars here and there come in handy with. And um, and so we're thankful for that. We This year, we also used our student activity funds to buy pedometers for all of our kids for PE. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be tracking steps and they're going to be doing some heart rate monitoring and some oh, other stuff. Awesome. So really kind of getting kids involved in monitoring their own health. And we couldn't have afforded to be able to do that in our regular budget. So that is helpful for us as well. Thank you. That's awesome. I um. We just had a foundation board meeting. We meet quarterly. And this is comprised of various committee members, alumni, retired teachers, current teachers, counselors, um, some district leadership um, sit on the board, <clears throat> and business people as well. Um, I think we have about 12 to 14 board members. Like, don't call me. Um, but we just met this week, and um, we've been thinking about a different fundraiser um, in addition to Major Saver, it's a great fundraiser for our, for our foundation. But again, with it not being a um, a way to bring in community and come together and really learn about the foundation, it's just selling things. Again, that's not what kind of fundraising I personally enjoy. Um, we've been talking about doing a trivia night. And um, there's been a few trivia nights around um, the community lately and very fun. Um, we're going to market um, this as a family-friendly um, trivia night in March. It will be March 28th. How long do I have to brush up on my trivia? Oh, you have till March. Well, I guess my question is what kind of trivia are we talking about? I'm, I need to be very specific mm, in my studies. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. We've already solidified that you have the 1970s down. Locked up. You are good to go. I've got the 80s. We're set. All right. We've got no 70s questions. Like too shabby on the 90s. I mean, oh, hey. there you go. Ladies, I see a team. <laughs> I'm not sure. I I think we have a a person who has done some various um, trivia nights that one of our board members knows. So I'll have to ask him what type of questions they have. I don't want to cheat, but I do feel like... Yeah. Well, you can start recruiting your team now. Okay. We got three members. You might want to, you know, go (laughs) Uh cross-generational, have some young members who might be able to know the maker of Fortnite or whatever. I had that question at the last trivia night that I was like, I don't know his name. But, um, you know, all, all walks of life. So... Hopefully that will be a way for our community to understand what the Education Foundation does um, in supporting our students, both in the classroom and beyond the classroom. Awesome. I can't tell you, ladies, how much I appreciate the work you do for our school district and what you do to promote and um, make the experiences for our two schools between the PTA, but Laura, on your behalf, on all of the schools, um, making sure that they're meaningful experiences for our kids, that our families are involved, and making, I think, most of what happens in Platt City that makes it special has to do with people like the two of you making um, this a community that everybody is welcome 
to join and be a part of the first second you step in our doors and we're thankful for you. So thank you so much. Thank Thank you 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 and you too, Callie. Thank you. It's a great day to be a pirate.